the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicles. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Welcome to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Every week, Josh will teach you ways to help manage, risk, and protect your retirement income in the new economy. The primary focus at Aptus Wealth is to provide flexible planning strategies that can efficiently achieve your long-term retirement goals. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you're having a great weekend. You can also hear Josh, wanted to let you know this, every Monday at 6 p.m., he joins Bruce Hooley for Money Mondays on 98.9 The Answer. If you missed that, you can always listen on your own time to the recording at aptuswealth.com. Josh, how is your weekend going? My weekend is great. How are you, Diane? I'm well. I am well. I was reading a piece in Market Watch that I wanted to ask you about. It said retirement account owners have long had trouble translating the money in their 401ks into income. That is about to change. That's the title of the article. Why has that been a problem so long, and how is it changing? Well, I hate to be kind of a pessimist, but I think the reason why it's been a problem for so long and you haven't seen much focus on the distribution phase of 401ks is because there's not as much money to be made by financial institutions in the distribution phase as there is in the accumulation phase. And again, not to be a pessimist, but if you are an investment vehicle inside of a 401k, you are very concerned about people putting money in your fund and you're getting managerial fees off of that fund. But when it comes to the distribution, quite frankly, you're probably hoping that nobody ever distributes the money out of that thing uh, because you want to continue to make that, that fee. But that said, I think uh, that distribution phase is obviously pretty darn important. You work your entire career, put away your saved, your uh, hard-earned dollars into these savings vehicles, i.e. a 401k, with some hope at some point that you will be able to retire. And how you take the distribution out of that, or even what you could expect, is probably pretty important, but it's kind of a something that isn't covered. Uh, so, you know... I, Ultimately, the industry is going to change, and there's some, I don't know if I want to call it kind of regulations, but there's some changes that are being forced upon financial institutions and TPAs and 401k providers across the country that they'll have to abide by. And I think it's a good step that they're going to have to start posting in everyone's 401k what they can anticipate in retirement income. In other words, when you look at your 401k statement, it'll show you how you're allocated, it'll show you how much money you have perhaps, you know, what your investment returns have been, but it'll also show you what you can anticipate as a retirement income stream via an immediate annuity. And uh, an immediate annuity is the equivalent of a pension. It's a private pension. So what they're effectively showing you is if I took the amount of money that I have at the end of this, uh, the pot at the end of the rainbow, and I invested that into an immediate annuity, creating my own pension, guaranteed lifetime income that I cannot live, this is the amount of money per month that I could live off of. 
And I think that's a step in the right direction. At least gives you some sort of uh, semblance of, you know, am I on track? Am I not on track? Am I saving right? Am I not saving right? However, um, I think it might be a little bit discouraging for folks. And the reason it might be discouraging is because uh, we don't exactly know how that's going to be reported yet. But the way that it looks from everything that I've read is that it won't necessarily take into account future contributions. In other words, it'll say, based upon what you've saved so far, if it continues to grow for the remainder of your working career, then this is the amount of money that you'll have, and then we annuitize that. Uh, but it doesn't take into account those ongoing contributions, which if you're looking at these numbers when you're 30, clearly you have a lot of ongoing contributions for the remainder of your career. So kind of a big problem. Secondly, uh, I think it can be very discouraging because immediate annuities, payouts, are based upon current interest rates. And we're at the lowest interest rate environment in the history of the United States. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't recommend, number one, that you even do immediate annuity for the remainder of your life today necessarily. But if you did it today, the payouts are going to be pretty abysmal. So it might be discouraging for folks to look at what that payout will be because of interest rates. And then uh, just to kind of add another element to it is immediate annuities by themselves, based upon what they're quoting, will not have any sort of inflation adjustment rider attached to it. So, you know, sure, you know what you're going to start receiving when you're 65 or 70 years old. Um, actually, their their deadline date is 67, so everybody's going to get a 67 number. But you might know what it's going to be at 67, but you don't know what it's going to be when you're, you know, it's not going to keep up with inflation when you're 77. So is it really that good of a gauge? I think it it's a good resource, a good starting point. Hopefully it's not discouraging, Diane, because I, I certainly don't want people to look at that and go, I'll never catch up and kind of lose motivation. I think it's better than what we have, perhaps, but it doesn't tell the story. So it still means, how do I interpret the data? And I still need to do a financial plan. So don't look at that and say, this, I know I'm good because this number seems to work out. Make sure you do a little bit more investigating and figure out how it works out for you because it's really not telling the whole tale. Talking about the 401ks, is there anything uh, an employee can do to control where their 401k money is going with the company? I know you had mentioned in the past that you'll look over people's 401k plans for them. Yeah, there's two things that you can do uh, while you're working. Uh, obviously, your 401k has various options, and the amount of options that you have will be very dependent upon what employer you work for. So you could find that you have 50 investment options that you can allocate your monies around in. Or if you work for, you know, say, the Fed, you'll have a, less than 10 options that you can invest in. So you have the option to change both where your money is invested today and also where your money is going to be invested via your contributions tomorrow. So that's if you're you know, working for the company and continuing to work. But let's say you're a little bit uh, older in age and getting closer and closer to retirement. Most companies, once you're over the age of 59 and a half, you can do something called an in-service withdrawal or distribution which is effectively a rollover, meaning you don't have to pay taxes on the dollars today. You roll them over into your own IRA, and you can invest those in whatever you choose. And why that's important, Diane, is because for the most part, 401ks are great accumulation vehicles. They're great when you have a long-term uh, time frame to invest into, meaning they have great growth funds. Um, they're typically low cost, You know, just addressing some of the benefits of a 401k. But when you get closer and closer to retirement, what they're not very good at is guaranteed accounts, creating uh, deferred annuity payments. So if you want to create a, a pension, like I just mentioned, 
Very difficult to do that inside of a 401k. I've yet to see a 401k plan that has an annuity option. Um, so if you're getting closer and closer to retirement, you want to diversify and add some guarantees to your portfolio, that in-service distribution might make a lot of sense for you. So you have two choices, uh, either move it or allocate amongst what you have uh, available to you inside of your 401k. You're listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. To schedule your own planning session and to learn new strategies to manage risk, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Josh, if turning 401k savings into income has been a hurdle for many over the years, what are some methods people can utilize to create that so important income stream? Well, I addressed one of them before, and it's kind of how they're <clears throat> they're going to show you on your 401k what you're capable of living off of, and that's effectively an immediate annuity. And an immediate annuity, for those of you listening and don't know, is, is a pension. Uh, you give an insurance company a certain amount of money, and in exchange for that amount of money, the insurance company says, we will pay you X amount of dollars for the remainder of your life, or for the remainder of your life and your spouse's life, or for the remainder of your life or 10 years, whichever lasts longer. And there's all sorts of these different options that you can pick from. Uh, but again, I caution everybody to do that today. We're in the lowest interest rate environment in the history of the United States. That interest rate environment is going to determine what the future payout amount is that you receive out of your immediate annuity for the rest of your life. And similarly to buying interest or, or buying uh, stocks low and selling high, the last thing you want to do with an annuity for the remainder of your life is buy when interest rates are low. So while that's an option, there are some better options available. And really what those options are is laddering that risk. So much like uh, if you've ever heard of a bond ladder, you can do the same thing with annuities. You, you say, well, I'm going to have this annuity that uh, is going to pay out for this amount of time. And then in this amount of time, I'm going to set another one that's going to pay out for a future amount of time. And you, you kind of ladder that risk out. And the hope for that laddering is that as time goes on, interest rates will climb and it'll be more beneficial to you in the long run. And that's also a great strategy. But that's a great strategy for a pot of your money or a piece uh, of the portfolio that you have. The real answer or the right answer is a laddering mix amongst different investments. So we've talked about a lot in the past, Diane, this three-legged stool concept. One of the legs on that stool being Social Security, providing an income that you can outlive that should, uh, pending any significant government uh, change, last for the remainder of your life and also adjust for inflation. Another leg on that stool could be a laddered portfolio of annuity income streams, which then provide another guaranteed income source that hopefully, if structured right, adjust for inflation. And there's plenty of vehicles, uh, annuity vehicles that will do this adjust for inflation for the rest of your life and provide you with an income stream that you can outlive. So there's two legs of the stool that now are providing guaranteed income for the remainder of your life. But in those legs on the stool, they're providing for general inflation adjustment, but maybe not uh, accommodating for the intangible hyperinflation environment. So we want to ladder in another piece, the third leg of the stool, securities, buying stocks, bonds, diversified portfolio, et cetera, that will provide a third income stream. That way, if the market goes up, goes down, sure, it affects one leg of the stool, but it doesn't affect the other two. If the market goes up, it affects, you know, you kind of offset this risk. So I think the real answer is diversify and ladder amongst these different categories. But at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you have that three-legged stool and you want to make sure that you can 
survive and live well and thrive, not just survive, uh, regardless of market conditions and regardless of what happens with inflation. So with the low interest rates, would a investment property be really attractive for someone to take advantage of the low interest rates? Yeah, that could be a leg on the stool. And then, you know, like with all investments, there's risks that go along with that. But there's also potential, there's also benefits that go along with that. So a lot of times what I'm hearing today, particularly amongst my clients that are pretty heavy in the real estate market, is interest rates are incredibly low. So we can buy rental properties. Our payments are low. Hopefully rents climb over time, particularly if the government continues to print money and inflation does what everybody thinks it's going to do. That could provide an income generating vehicle, meaning that I'm paying $1,000 a month for my rental property and I'm getting rents of $2,000 a month and benefiting from the 1000 And then there's tax benefits that go along with that. The downside to rental property is liquidity, which is why you need these other legs on the stool. And I'm sure, uh, Diane, I know you're, you're pretty heavy in the real estate market. You've, you've seen, heard, uh, been a part of many stories where somebody got a little bit too over leveraged in the real estate world and they had all their eggs in that basket. And then the economy turns, they need the money out. Rental income isn't enough. I need to actually gain some liquidity and the property values go down. And then we're selling at losses, which is the terrible scenario. And I know tons of people that that happened to in 2008, 2009. So real estate's a great option. It's a great income generator. And maybe that's the fourth leg on the stool, which obviously a four-legged stool is even more stable than a three-legged stool. So you keep on building these diversified sources of income. And the more you have, in my opinion, the better. To schedule an appointment to go through the Aptis Retirement Blueprint process, Josh's phone number is 614-364-7300. That number is 614-364-7300. And join Josh as he talks retirement with Bruce Hooley every Monday at 6 p.m. on 98.9 The Answer. The podcast is available at aptuswealth.com. More with Josh Pick when we come back. You're listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show. We'll be back with more at the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick at 98.9 The Answer. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptus Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptus Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptus Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. 7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Josh, if retirement is a puzzle, what are the pieces that you often find people are not considering? I think when it comes to retirement, Diane, we all think about the monetary pieces of it. You know, can I afford it? But the biggest one that I hear people uh, not take into account is what am I going to do? And uh, I know that sounds pretty silly, but if you don't know what you're going to do or you don't have a vision for what your retirement looks like, uh, it could become either lackluster or it could become a heck of a lot more expensive than you thought it was going to be. Uh, it can be boring. You can want to go back to work. There's a lot of things. And I have clients ranging from, you know, I just had an appointment with a client the other day. I think this is so cool, Diane. They are, um, 
they're building one of these vans. You know, you buy a van and you build the inside of it all out, and they're going to drive around the country, and then when they get back, they're just going to sell the van. It's just, uh, you know, it's an adventure for uh, a few months. Um, and they did the same thing with boats. So pretty cool. You know, I mean, that's that's their their goal. They knew that going in is they were going to turn retire their retirement into an adventure. But whatever your goal is or whatever sounds exciting to you it is completely personal. Uh, but you better have an idea because if you don't, the last the, the worst thing that I've seen happen is people go, well, I, I hate my job, so I'm going to quit. They quit and then they sit in their house and go, I'm bored to death. I don't know what I'm going to do. So having a vision for retirement is just as important as having the monetary uh, ability or, or the fiscal feasibility of retirement. So that's number one. First question I always ask when somebody comes in and says, I want to retire, is what are you going to do? And then number two is once you figure out what you're going to do, then you base your budget on that. Because otherwise, you're just basing it on what you've been doing. Well, sometimes people work you know, 70, 80 hours a week, and they don't have time to do anything. So that requires one budget. But when they have unlimited free time, particularly with people who have multiple interests, that budget might go up quite a bit. So let's base the budget on what you want to do, maybe as much or even more so than what you've been doing. And then you got to design an income strategy off of that. And I think, you know, oftentimes, uh, whether it's what we see in the media, the news, or we read online, um, how we develop that budget and then how we develop an income strategy typically has quite a few holes. And your budget and income strategy really kind of go hand in hand. But before you even go to the income strategy, uh, the typical way that our financial world tells you how to develop an income strategy is how much money do you have saved up and how much will that generate? I think you should go a different direction. What's my social security going to be? How do I maximize the amount of money that I'm going to receive from social security, from a pension if I have one? Uh, my income desire, how will that have an impact on my Medicare payments? Because Medicare costs a different amount based upon uh, the amount of income that you make. Do I have my supplement in place? Once I kind of figure out all those things, then we can develop a tax-efficient uh, income strategy, which will change definitely the areas where we draw the money from. And I'm not talking about what the investment is necessarily, meaning is it Coca-Cola stock or Procter & Gamble? I'm talking about how much should I pull from a Roth IRA versus a traditional versus, you know, you had mentioned rental properties versus rental property income versus et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And let's make sure that we design this in the most tax efficient way to get the amount of income that we want to live off of. And then lastly, uh, let's make sure we're prepared. You know, none of us get out of here alive. Um, one that oftentimes is forgotten is uh, my goal maybe isn't to leave a legacy to my family financially, but uh, more than likely, you're going to have some money left over at the end, whether it's a house or just, you know, we didn't time it perfectly. None of us die right on time. So we're going to have some extra money, hopefully, uh, to leave to somebody. How do we want that dispersed? What's the most tax efficient way to make that happen? Make sure it bypasses propate. Make sure we can control who it goes to and when, et cetera. So, you know, I think uh, people consider the, the savings element, Diane, I know I need to save. I know I need to get to this this dollar amount that I have in my head, and hopefully it's not just an arbitrary one, but then how do I handle the actual flip of the switch to retirement and generating the income off of that is the one that's typically overlooked. And I know I always bring this up, but if you are a couple, I mean, talking to your spouse about what their ideas of or what how they see retirement is, is hugely important. Hugely important. I mean, I, I'll give you an example. I have a, another client. He's a climber. 
and uh, he also is an ultra marathon runner. Really cool guy. A rock climber, not social awesome. climber. No, no, not social. He's a he's a mountain climber. You know, he climbs climbs mountains. He travels gotcha. all over the country climbing mountains. And then on top of that, he runs ultra marathons. He's one of those crazy guys. You know, he's in his late sixties and he's going to run the Moab two forty. If you don't know what that is, Diane, you have to qualify by running a hundred mile race, and then it's literally a two hundred and forty mile foot race through the desert, essentially, yeah, which no. sounds atrociously miserable to me. But that's his thing, right? Pretty adventurous. So what they've been doing for the last couple of years is driving around the country and literally living out of a car, living out of a not a not a nice airstream, a car. Okay. Not an Airstream, just a car. Think of a, you know, think of a Forerunner with, a, with an air mattress in the back. Now, they're doing that not because they don't have the financial means to do more than that, but they're doing that because that's what they want to do. But I cannot fathom, Diane, telling my wife, hey, we're retired, pack up, I got the air mattress, we're, go- we're going to drive around the country in the back of my truck. She'd kill me. So you better have that conversation ahead of time or it, it might not work out for you. So you're absolutely right. you got to get on the same page. I don't know, you know, maybe it's uh, staying at the spa uh, versus, you know, I, but you better get on the same page yeah. as to what retirement looks like for you. How many people do you find when you meet the couple, they're both on opposite ends of the spectrum, that they really have not had this conversation until they sat down in front of you? I think they've had the conversation in the periphery most of the time. But oftentimes I find that when they're in front of me, they have a more uh, rubber meets the road conversation. And uh, I think that maybe they're a little apprehensive to have that without a third party involved because I can kind of massage both sides and come to a comfortable medium. I have a conversation, I think, probably for the first time with a lot of people, say probably half the people, quite frankly, Uh, not because they haven't, again, they haven't had a periphery conversation, but they've never really hammered it down as to this is exactly what it's going to look like. And, and I'd like to think I help with that. And, and Or they assume that they know what each other is going to want to do, when in fact, if they don't have that conversation, they might be very surprised. So incredibly important conversation for sure. I agree 100%. You're listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your own planning session and to learn new strategies to manage risk, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Let's talk about life insurance. And Josh, are there ways to use it to help create income for you and your family before the policy lapses or a person passes away? Life insurance, there absolutely are many ways that you can utilize life insurance. But let me start this conversation off with life insurance is extremely complicated. I know it sounds on the surface like it shouldn't be, but life insurance is incredibly complicated. So as I'm having this conversation, I'll give you uh, kind of a cliff notes on life insurance. Uh, There are two types of life insurance. Life insurance, number one, is term insurance. Term insurance is renting insurance. There's a period of time, a start and a stop date. So if you're young and you say, you know, I'm having a a child and I want to make sure that I I cover the needs of my family until the kid gets out of the house, maybe you get a 20-year term policy. And what that means is I pay the same amount of premiums for 20 years. And in the conclusion of that 20-year period, my insurance is gone. They'll, typically, the insurance company will give you an option to continue it, but the premiums would be so expensive that there's no way that you would. The second option is permanent insurance. And this is where it gets messy. Permanent insurance has all sorts of different types of permanent insurance. There's whole life and universal life. And then amongst universal life, there's indexed universal life, fixed universal life, uh, variable universal life. And, and it can get really muddy. 
um, and how you end up utilizing that permanent insurance can have huge tax implications. So, and those tax implications can be very beneficial to you or incredibly detrimental to you. So you want to make sure before you make any rash decisions on any life insurance policy, whether it's terminating it, cashing it out, or doing something that I'm going to recommend as, as an alternative option, which is selling it, you want to make sure you consult a professional or you can get yourself in a, in a, in a situation you probably don't want. And what I mean by that is you can borrow money off of yourself through a life insurance policy. So in these permanent policies, they have death benefit, but they also have cash value. And that cash value is yours. However, if you take a withdrawal, that cash value that you take a withdrawal from can be taxable at regular ordinary income tax rates. Or it may make more sense to take a loan. And you'd say, well, I don't want to borrow money from myself. Well, loans are very favorable typically instead of a life insurance policy. And you can save yourself all of the tax burden by taking a loan from yourself and paying an incredibly low interest rate. In many instances, one, maybe 2%. So that's one option, Diane, is you can take a loan off of your life insurance policy and or a distribution and use that income to live off of. But again, and I can't emphasize this enough, make sure you consult a professional because there are certainly ratios that we have to abide by to stay in the good graces of the IRS. So proceed with caution, but could be a great option. Um, you can use it for college, a whole list of things. The one that most people don't know is selling a life insurance policy. And this is called a life settlement. Uh, back in the day, uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was something called a viatical settlement. And a viatical settlement, which is now illegal, uh, was essentially predatory, in my opinion, and obviously the regulators, where you could go to somebody who said, you know, they only have 12 months to live, um, they have a million-dollar policy, and uh, they would love to have the money, and I offer them a half million dollars for a million-dollar policy, and they take it. Clearly, that's uh, taking advantage of somebody in a difficult situation. Those are no longer allowed. Life settlements are different. Life settlements are, are literally just a market where you can sell your life insurance policy that you don't want anymore. Investors buy them. Now, a couple of caveats there. You usually have to be a little bit older, uh, you know, 65 or older. Uh, but you don't want the life insurance anymore. You just say, I had this policy, I don't want it anymore. You have a million-dollar policy, you don't want to make premium payments. Uh, investor groups will buy that from you uh, as a long-term investment. And that can be a great option because, let me give an example. Let's say you had a term policy that was a you know a 30-year term policy, and you're only five years into it. You have 25 years left, and you're 65 years old. If you just say, I'm done paying premium payments, you get nothing for that policy. You just don't have it anymore. You don't have to pay premium payments, but it didn't benefit you. Uh, many times, you know, an, uh, an investor group will offer you, you know, tens, twenty, thirty, a hundred thousand dollars for that policy, and it was something you were just going to dispose of. So, what a great solution! Investor group is very happy in that they've uh, acquired an investment that they believe will be profitable, and you're obviously happy because you just cashed out on an asset that you didn't even think was in fact an asset. So, things that you need to investigate through a professional. This is not one that I think you should go about trying to do on your own, um, but could be two fantastic options to provide an income stream that you didn't even know existed. And for those of you that have questions and would like help figuring this out, let me give you Josh's number. The Aptus Wealth Management Office number, so you can schedule your own personalized planning session, is 614-364-7300. 614 
364-7300. And the website is aptuswealth.com. Just want to remind you to join Josh every Monday evening at 6 p.m. for Money Mondays with Bruce Hooley on 98.9 The Answer. When we come back, we're going to talk taxes. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Don't forget, you can hear Josh with Bruce Hooley for Money Mondays every Monday evening at 6 on 98.9 The Answer. We'll be back with more of the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show in a moment. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. Josh, we've talked about uh, many different approaches to minimize the impact of taxes. But conceptually, is comparing the tax rate now to what you might see in the future by deferring taxes really just a, a gamble? Well, I think yes and no. Um, and what I mean by that is I think what you're asking me is, you know, how do I create an income plan or, or a savings plan to minimize taxes in the future based upon today's current tax rates? In other words... Let's use uh, Roth IRA conversions as an example. A traditional IRA, the benefit of it is I saved money into that IRA today on a pre-tax basis or 401k, it doesn't really matter. I'm growing that pot of money on a tax-deferred basis, meaning I didn't pay taxes on it before it went in. It's growing tax-deferred, but then when I pull the money out of it, it's going to be taxable. So I take that money and I pay taxes on it today so that I can put it in a Roth IRA. Now, a Roth IRA is different. I put in money after tax. It grows tax-deferred, but I never pay taxes on it ever again, meaning when I withdraw that money, it's tax-free. So the debate oftentimes, Diane, is do I pay the taxes today because I think taxes are going to be more tomorrow, or do I, do I think I'm going to be in a higher tax bracket? I don't know. I don't know the answer to it. Should I do it? Shouldn't I? And uh, I think what you said is, is it just gambling? We really don't know. We're just guessing. So damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? I don't know. I'll just leave it alone. You could make that argument for sure that it is just a gamble because we certainly don't know what tax rates are going to be in the future. But I I don't think that it's necessarily as much a gamble as a very educated guess. And there's also some scenarios where it's almost unarguable that it benefits you. Let me give an example. If I do a Roth IRA conversion today and I pay taxes in the, let's say I'm a really high income earner, I'm making a million dollars a year, but I've determined that when I retire, I only need $100,000 a year to live off of. I, I don't need a million dollars. I've just these last five years of my career, life's been amazing. It's actually afforded me the opportunity to be able to retire early or whatever the answer is. So it's anomaly. These are very unusual years for me. I don't live on that amount of money. Well, you're paying 37% in income taxes. And when you retire, if you're a married couple making $100,000 combined, you're really at kind of the top end of the 12% bracket. Now, we could argue that the 12% bracket 10 years from now might be the 15 or even the 20, but it would be very difficult to argue that the 12% bracket 10 years from now will be the 37% bracket. So taking money out in the 37% bracket and doing a Roth conversion today to save the potential taxes down the line, that's a pretty difficult argument. I don't think we're gambling. I think, I think we can come to a pretty logical conclusion on that one. Where I think it becomes a gamble is... Now, when you start saying things like, I think the 12% bracket is going to be the 20% bracket, so I'm going to do it now. You know, I don't think there's any harm in that, but we don't know. We're just guessing. There are some reasons why you may want to do that beyond just the simple math of 12 versus 20. 
there are other income streams that will be affected by the amount of taxes that you pay. For example, as it stands today, Social Security is a weird animal. You are taxed on your Social Security based upon your outside income. So there could be some advantages to having non-taxable outside income that flows through and keeps your Social Security in a lower tax bracket. You know, I guess to answer your question in a very long-winded way, it's not necessarily gambling. It is absolutely educated guessing and an attempt to try and control future outcomes when we don't know what they are. So would you rather put yourself in a position that doesn't appear that it'll hurt you to gain more control later, or would you rather roll the dice and just see how it plays out? And in my world, if we can not put ourselves in a situation that's going to be damaging with a high degree of certainty, to improve our situation with a moderate degree of certainty that it, that control will be valuable later, then that's an arbitrage or a trade that typically is a logical one. So I don't, again, I don't think it's a gamble, but I think it's a very educated guessing game. Just a random question about traditional IRAs. So traditional IRAs are good for those who don't qualify for a Roth IRA. Who wouldn't qualify for a Roth IRA? What are the stipulations on that? Yeah, there's a couple stipulations. One is just income. If you make too much money, you can't put money in a Roth IRA. That said, if you work for an employer that has a 401k with a Roth option, there's no income threshold on that. So you could make contributions to the Roth no matter your income. There's also kind of a backdoor way to do a Roth IRA. And that is you can do a non-deductible traditional IRA and then immediately convert it. But the problem with that is it depends on how many other IRAs you have out there because there's some aggregating. So this is, again, one of those scenarios, if, if, you're, if you're listening to the show right now and, and going, oh, my, I don't even know what the heck he's talking about. It's one of those scenarios where you can improve your situation dramatically, potentially, but the, the waters get a little bit complicated. They get a little muddy. So consult somebody, call my office, and we'll tell you if it makes sense for you to do because the last thing you want to do is go, I heard a really good idea. I'm going to do this Roth conversion or I'm going to do a backdoor uh, Roth IRA, which we hear all the time. I see a lot of marketing about. You can get yourself into a little bit of trouble with that because of the aggregation clause in it. So just be cautious. Make sure you consult a professional. It can make a, a positive or negative impact. We just got to figure out how it applies to you. Josh's number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. And this is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. So Social Security, uh, most of us know that alone isn't enough to fund retirement. There are those that are listening that just feel that they are so behind the eight ball when it comes to retirement. What are some strategies for people or that you could give us to, jump, to help them jumpstart their retirement savings? Well, one, I, I hate to report, but there's no magic bullet. And unfortunately, Diane, and I, I say that purposefully because we're in a time in our economy, I feel like, um, and it's cyclical. I've been doing this a long time. I've been doing it over 20 years. So I've seen this kind of cycle occur where we start hearing things like GameStop. And if those of you are wondering what's going on with GameStop, I actually did a thing on uh, Bruce Hooley's show. It's a, a podcast on my website. Go check it out to explain kind of what happened with GameStop and then they uh, sim something similar started to happen with AMC theaters and then started to happen with uh, Silver. But as the economy starts doing really, really well, and I know we've, we've definitely had a hiccup and a lot of people have been affected by COVID, but uh, for the most part, the market has gone straight up like a rocket ship with a couple little blips for a really, really long time. And this happened in the late 90s. Um, it happened again before the 2008-2009 uh, financial crisis. We start to get a little bit fat and happy, and we start to hear stories of, you know, Bitcoin. Uh, you know, you can make a bazillion dollars overnight with Bitcoin, and, you know, uh, 
GameStop, if I just would have bought that at 20 and it went up to 400 and I invested my whole portfolio in it, I'd be worth $100 million and retired. And that, that ideology starts to get pretty euphoric and people start to make rough decisions and usually it doesn't play out well for them. Uh, for example, you know, GameStop was almost as high as $400 and now it's trading down well below 100 So, you know, it didn't quite play out if you bought in at 300 So there's no magic bullet. Um, there's only a few ways that you can really jumpstart your retirement savings and be able to retire. And that is you either save more and increase the rate of return that you have through prudent investing. You can retire later or you can figure out a way to reduce your income need when, in fact, you do retire, i.e. the removal of debt. So let's kind of go through some of those. One, you have the ability to ramp up your retirement savings. You can do that in a myriad of ways. Um, you can contribute to an IRA outside of your 401k, a Roth IRA outside of your 401k. Um, if you're a little older in age, uh, over the age of 50 uh, and working, you can contribute more to your uh, 401k IRAs. Uh, so there's a bunch of ways that you can contribute more. And remember that anytime you put money into a 401k or a traditional IRA, you're putting that in pre-tax. So if every dollar you save does not feel like a dollar in your paycheck, so that's a, a strong way to put away more money than you might feel in your wallet. Um, the other one I think is going to be a, a, a pretty significant one for a lot of people, and that's re retiring later or working longer. There's a lot of benefits to that besides just um, you know, putting away more into your 401k. One of the huge benefits is every year you wait past your full retirement age, Social Security goes up by 8%. So if you think about it, if I was going to get $2,000 a month out of Social Security, and that's a huge portion of my retirement income, and I wait one year, my Social Security becomes 2160 And then I wait another year, and it becomes 2240 And then I wait another year. So by the time you know, you're 69, 70 years old, your Social Security has gone up by 32%. That's a big difference uh, for a lot of people. So uh, the other thing that happens is you know, the reality is uh, all of us only live so long. Well, one of the big challenges to retirement income planning is longevity and is really morbid as this sounds is the longer we work, the shorter we have to plan for retirement income. Definitely not the way that we necessarily want to approach retirement or want to think about it, but it's true. If you retire when you're 50, the amount of intangibles are gigantic. If you retire when you're 75, they're not nearly as big. So working even one, two, three years longer can make a monumental difference in the amount of money that you need to save in retirement. So save more. A lot of programs out there wait a little bit longer to retire, um, and that will boost your Social Security, et cetera, et cetera. The other one is while you're saving, be very aggressive about paying off any ancillary debt. Um, and that, that's a huge one. It's very, very difficult uh, and not advantageous to retire with a very, very high income need, regardless of how much money you have. Uh, the lower income need you have, the more you can weather storms and the lower taxes that you'll have to pay. So if you have uh, a plan to be able to pay off, you know, credit cards, um, some people still have student loans, uh, your home, et cetera, the more you can knock out of that along the way, the huge, uh, it'll make a huge, huge difference in the long run. And there's no point here about divorce. Don't get divorced because that will kind of put a wrench in your retirement plans as well. You know, Warren Buffett has a pretty famous saying. He says there's two ways that you can get rich. One don't get married. And two, don't get divorced. So yeah, I think it's pretty, it's pretty important.
<laughs> exactly. All right. The number to call for the Aptus Wealth Management Office is 614-364-7300. Let's talk, Josh, we have less than a minute here, about the Aptus Blueprint process, what you go through with new potential clients when they come see you. Yeah, what we're trying to accomplish is what's the most efficient way to get from point A to point B and then distribute those monies in the most tax-efficient way for the remainder of your life. And the way that we do that is, remember, we were talking earlier about what do you want to do in retirement? So the, the first part of our conversation is going to be, what do you want to do? What does retirement look like for you? What are your objectives? You know, some people have very basic goals and others they have, you know, they want to live out of the back of their car and climb mountains and run ultra marathons. What does that mean for you? Um, and then once we find that out, we're going to determine what you've been doing so far. So what assets do you have? Uh, what debt positions do you have? How much are you saving on a monthly basis, et cetera? Now, all the way to are you expecting an inheritance, a windfall of some kind? And then we're going to analyze that data, data in meeting two and show you what that glide path looks like if you just keep doing what you're doing. How much risk are you taking in your portfolio? What's your tax situation going to look like in the future? What if something were to happen to one of you today? Is the spouse going to be okay? Uh, what are taxes going to look like to your beneficiaries, et cetera? Meeting three, we call the blueprint. We're going to answer uh, all the questions as to what are the, whole, the holes that we addressed in meeting number two, how do we fix them, um, and how do we improve your situation? And then not until meeting number four, Diane, will we determine is this a mutually beneficial relationship for us to move forward uh, for a long-term you know, financial planning process and, and uh, working together for a really long time. But regardless of whether or not that comes to fruition, you'll learn a lot along the way. When we come back, estate planning. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. Don't forget, you can hear Josh with Bruce Hooley for Money Mondays, every Monday evening at 6 on 98.9 The Answer. We'll be back with more on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show in a moment. To create a successful retirement plan in today's economy, it takes a customized, solutions-based approach. At Aptus Wealth Management, founder Josh Pick calls it the Aptus Blueprint, and it's focused on managing risk instead of chasing returns. If you're working with another advisor or simply want a second opinion, put his team to work for you. To schedule a complimentary consultation to learn more about the Aptus Blueprint process, contact Josh at 614-364-7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. There is no cost or obligation, but space is limited. To start your plan, call 614-364-7300. 7300 or visit aptuswealth.com. Thanks for listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your complimentary customized planning session, give Josh a call at 614-364-7300. Welcome back to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. I'm Diane Brennan. Josh, we've all heard of wills, but what are some estate planning strategies that you find are unfamiliar to people when they come in to see you? Yeah, well, first, you know, everybody that comes in, they have one goal in mind almost always, and that is minimizing taxes and fees to the beneficiaries when they pass. We've had scenarios, I'm sure we've heard plenty of these, where somebody passes away and their estate, all of their stuff gets hung up in probate for six months or a year, and, uh, you know, the kids are fighting, and it, it, it can just be a very messy situation. So the goal of estate planning is how do I make that process as smooth, pain-free, and as low cost to my estate as possible? And a will simply doesn't do that. What a will does is it indicates your wishes, and then you have the power, durable power of attorneys and medical power of attorneys and that kind of stuff. But the will itself just tells the probate court what you want the money to do. But ultimately, it is left to the probate court to determine how and when that money is distributed. 
the way that you can alleviate that problem is through beneficiary designations on all your investments. So anything that you do through our office will go directly to who you want it to go with and bypass probate, period, the end. Now, that's one step. That's a step in the right direction. There's other things that you can do that will help minimize the taxes in the long run to your beneficiaries. One of those is by stretching the distributions out. So for example, let's say that you have an IRA. And remember, traditional IRA, we've been putting that money in. It's been grown tax deferred for a really long period of time. And now somebody's got to pay the piper. So let's say I have a million dollars in this IRA and I pass away and I have two kids. So half a million to each kid. If they take that lump sum, you can imagine the amount of money that they're going to have to pay taxes on that lump sum payment. Well, it used to be that they could stretch those monies out over their entire lifetime. So let's say that, you know, $500,000 is continuing to be invested and growing, and maybe they're only taking, you know, $30,000 a year off of it over their entire lifetime. Well, obviously, the taxes on $30,000 a year is far less as a percentage than it is on a half a million dollars in one pop. So they end up getting an exponentially more amount of money over their lifetime doing it that way. The SECURE Act changed that. The SECURE Act says they have to take it out over 10 years. But still, taking those monies out over 10 years could be hugely advantageous versus taking out in a lump sum. So that's number one. Um, make sure you have bez- beneficiary designations and then make sure that should something happen to you, they're well aware of who your financial advisor is, who your investment advisor is to walk them through their choices, options, and make the best one. But let's say that you don't trust your kids to make the best decision. You can have your beneficiary be a trust and there's a myriad of different types of trusts and they're certainly not all created equal and they're certainly not all used for the same objectives. There's trust to do things like, I'd like to protect my house in the event that I go to a long-term care facility. I want to make sure that my house doesn't get gobbled up by, by the cost of that facility. So I can put my home in a trust, thus protecting the trust, but not giving away all my control. So I get to live in my house for the rest of my life. And I'm certainly not an attorney. You have to use an attorney for this. But the cliff notes are this. I can live in the house for the rest of my life. It's no longer my house. However, nobody can sell the house from underneath me. I get to live in that house the rest of my life. But then when I pass, I get to decide who that house goes to. And the event that somebody sues me, uh, I go into a long-term care facility. There's some rules I have to play by. But as long as I do it right, poof, it goes to where I want it to go. In a trust also, let's say you have two children and one is perfect with money, has made all the right decisions. No problem. I have a million bucks. Give them a half million. They'll do the right thing. Other kid, maybe not so much. So I want to make sure that they don't blow that half million dollars in the first six months, but maybe I want to help that child by providing them an income stream beyond what they're currently living on for the rest of their life. A trust will enable you to control how that money is spent from the grave, and it also control how and when they get the money. So there's a bunch of different ways, and I don't want to dive too deep in the weeds on trusts, But at the end of the day, make sure everything bypasses probate as much as you possibly can. Protect everything you can via trust that you don't want to automatically designate to a beneficiary. But if you want to control it even beyond that, a trust will enable you to have that control on how the money goes out in what order when. And I mean, you can be really criteriated in this, Diane. You could say, I want this child to get 
you know, I want them to, to whatever they make in a year, the trust will match it. Or if they come up with a down payment on a house, the, the trust will match the down payment that they come up came up with, effectively giving them twice as much of a down payment. But we're not just going to buy the house for them. I mean, you can be if they don't get the the monies that they inherit, if they don't uh, get a prenuptial agreement exonerating that, then they're out. You know, I mean, you can you can really I've seen everything. You, you can't imagine some of the criteria that are put on this, but, you know, it's your money. If you want to control it, you can control it via trust. So, like, an incentive to, for grandchildren to finish college, that stipulation, things like that. You can do anything. For sure. Yeah, and I, I see this uh, very often, by the way, in divorce situations where one spouse does not necessarily handle money the same way as the other spouse. Maybe spouses aren't remarried yet, but there's kids involved. If one spouse passes away, they want to make sure that this trust equally disseminates that that money over a longer period of time to make sure that it's it's still around to be able to help the kids, et cetera. So I've seen trust for all scenarios, charitable remainder trusts, crats, grats, all these different things, uh, leaving money to universities. I mean, I've seen it all. But the takeaway here is make sure you keep it out of the courts as much as you can. Keep it out of probate. Make sure the money goes where you want it and make sure it gets there with the least amount of impact from taxes as possible. That's the whole goal of estate planning. One question. So let's say you don't change your beneficiaries on some of your investments. Does a will or a trust trump the beneficiary designations? A will is like the lowest level. So let's say you have a 401k, and uh, I'll give a worst case scenario. You're, You're married, you have your wife as your beneficiary, you get divorced, uh, you get remarried and you forget to change the beneficiary on your 401k from your ex-wife. Yes. And you pass away and your will says all, everything goes to new wife. It doesn't matter. Oh. That beneficiary always trumps the will. Okay. So make sure one thing we do all the time, Diane, is uh, you know we meet with clients twice a year. At least one of those two meetings we talk about beneficiary designations. We want to make sure they're updated and correct to make sure that that doesn't happen. You're listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Show with Josh Pick. To schedule your own planning session and to learn new strategies to manage risk, call Josh at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Josh, if 2020 blew up people's retirement plans, but hopefully things are now getting back to normal, what is the best way to resume saving for retirement? Yeah, 2020 certainly was a dumpster fire, wasn't it? A lot of people have been impacted. And hopefully we, we come out of that with flying colors and we're off, off to the races here uh, and, and getting back to some sense of normalcy. But I've seen some crazy stats. Uh, I saw a couple recently that said that six in 10 workers have reported a negative impact on their employment from 2020, such as a layoff or you know reduced hours, furlough, et cetera. Um, and then another 23% said that their spouse's employment income suffered from the same actions. Meaning that if it wasn't bad enough, six out of ten said they were affected. And out of that six, uh, another quarter of them got double whammied by a spouse. And this is the one that's really kind of shocking and terrifying. But almost half of people, 44% of Americans, now fear as a result of 2020 alone, they'll never be able to retire. At least not comfortable. That's a big stat. So there's no doubt that we've gotten off track. We've gotten off the rails, or at least we have the perception that we've gotten way off the rails. One thing the SECURE Act did is it enabled people to take money out of their 401ks without the 10% penalty during 2020 because COVID impacted so many people. So a lot of people, a lot, have taken money out of their retirement accounts 
to just sustain their life today. And that certainly is going to have a long-term impact. So how do we get back on track? Well, if there's one thing we've learned, if you had to take money out of your 401k to fund your day-to-day living expenses during COVID, uh, it's probably because you didn't have a big enough, and I'm, I'm certainly not kicking anybody while they're down, but what we learned, I think, for most of us is that we didn't have a large enough savings account. And by savings account, I mean emergency fund. So a lot of us were contributing through work to our 401ks, which is great. We're contributing to our IRAs, which is fantastic. But we didn't have that emergency liquidity fund that would tide us over in periods of turmoil. So first things first, make sure that you open up some sort of savings account. Yes, I know savings accounts don't pay you know squat worth of interest. I, I understand. I know that it's not the best investment. I understand that too. But it does provide a tremendous amount of security and comfort of mind. So open up a savings account, start contributing to it as much as you possibly can, knowing that it's liquid, you can get your money back out if you're wrong. So, but try and be disciplined. Try and uh, you know, save to an account and, and not use it as a revolving door. Try and leave it alone. The second, and I know I sound like a, a broken record on this one, but automate. Automation is the greatest key to success for retirement. I don't care if you're disciplined or undisciplined. Uh, both folks will suffer from the lack of automation. And by automation, I mean start saving out of every single paycheck all the time. Have it withdrawn before you ever see it. So your 401k, make sure you're at least contributing up to the match. If your company has a match, save the amount of money that you need to save to get the match. That is free money, 100% rate of return or 50% rate of return or whatever your match is right out of the gate. Make sure you automate that. When it comes to savings into your savings account, automate that too. Uh, If you get paid on the 1st and 15th, on the 1st and 15th, have money automatically transferred out of your checking account directly into your savings account. You would be shocked. I, I, and I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not immune to any of this stuff either. You know, I think oftentimes people will come in and they'll talk to me. They're oh, you're the finance guy. You, you probably do everything perfect. Absolutely not. Um, we're all susceptible to, uh, well, that's shiny and cool. I want to buy it. And it might not be the best decision. So automate and then not feel guilty about buying those things. Have the money come directly out and do the things that you're supposed to do first. Pay yourself first. And then, you know, I think lastly, start to reevaluate how and where you're saving. Let's, let's use this as an opportunity to start getting an education lesson, um, you know, through contact my office. We'll walk you through what the planning steps are. But uh, once you've gone up to the match and you're saving automated to a savings account, now we can really start improving on the situation. Let's look at protection planning for your family if, in fact, you have one. Or, you know, how do we minimize taxes further? Is this a sweet spot? What does retirement look like for you? But use this as an opportunity to, okay, 2020 was what it was. It's over now. Let's uh, turn the page, move on, and uh, start doing what we need to be doing moving forward. Automate, automate, automate and learn how to improve your situation as quick as possible. If you have questions, if you would like to schedule an appointment with Josh, the number is 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300. Mondays at 6 p.m., join Josh as he talks to Bruce Hooley for Money Mondays on 98.9 The Answer. In case you missed that conversation, you can hear the recording at aptuswealth.com. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. I'm Diane Brennan. We'll be here next week as well. We'll talk to you then. You've been listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show with host Josh Pick. 
Josh helps guide his clients through retirement by managing risk instead of chasing returns. He calls it a blueprint, and you can get started at no cost or obligation. Give the team at Aptus Wealth a call today to schedule your consultation at 614-364-7300. That's 614-364-7300 or online at aptuswealth.com. That's A-P-T-U-S wealth.com. To learn strategies to manage risk in the new economy, join us again next weekend right here at 98.9 The Answer. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.